Hello there, beautiful people, and welcome to The Glorious and the Mundane. I'm your host, Christy Knuckles. Today's guest is a new friend of mine. I've gotten to know her over the past few years when we've both gotten to serve at If Gathering together. But even more recently, upon our move back to the Nashville area, she and I have gotten to hang out in some of the same circles a bit. I love her name so much that we named our daughter the same thing. Today's guest is Miss Annie Downs, and I couldn't be more thrilled to have her. Annie released a book just this past April called Looking for Lovely. If you don't have it yet, it's a must read for you this summer for sure. You'll love it, and you're going to love her. So here's Annie and I at my kitchen table in Franklin, Tennessee. You guys enjoy. Well, I am so excited to say that I have Annie Downs in the flesh. Thank you. Sitting in my kitchen. I'm here. That's right. Here we are. <laughs> I was thinking about um, Annie, the movie, the whole like, we've got Annie. Do you know, that's what I tell people at Starbucks when they ask what my name is. I say, Annie, like the little orphan. And I'm always like, but don't panic, I have parents, right? Like, I don't need you to feel sorry for me, but, or be sad for me or wonder, but that, because everybody can see the red bubble letters. Yeah. Because otherwise people spell it A-N-N-E, mm-hmm. which is not phonetically correct. Yeah. I need everybody to remember that, but. What yes. if I worked out that whole number? We've got Annie. <laughs> and your kids came out and it was like choreographed. I'd be like, whoa, <laughs> I'm coming back tomorrow. This is great. <laughs> well, I love the name Annie because I have a daughter named Annie. That's right. That, you just, that you've met. Yes. And you just saw. But, Her um, face was so funny when I remembered. She was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're a club. So you got to remember cute. the people in the club. It is. It's it's a sweet name, that Annie. Thank you. It's a fun one. People, you know, there are some names like um, Elizabeth. Elizabeths are, are supposed to be like respectable. Right. And Annies are not. Annies yes. are supposed to be fun. And you yes. can call Annie when you want to do something silly. And and I, long before I knew me, my name was me. Yeah. Right. I love and so that. I'm really, I, I love it. I'm really grateful. So sweet. Yeah. Well, it's so fun that we're um, in a place where we kind of get to see each other and be on the platform together even recently. Yeah. And I just being in Nashville and and getting to see each other periodically, but also like sharing the stage and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just been so much fun. And I don't think people know. Um, I think maybe people hope that we all kind of have the friendships that, right. you know, like from the platform. And so it's been neat to like, I got to be at your sort of, you know, dinner that night at the yeah, sushi place yeah. when Looking for Lovely Draw. That's right. And that was so Isn't fun. That fun? It, re- it really is. It is amazing. I think it play, I think people feel it from stage, which uh-huh. is why they expect it. Because there is just a special thing, like the event we did a couple of months ago where we were, it was my first time in front of that many people. Really? And I came off and I was just like, Where's Christy? Like, I was just like, I need someone who is normal to me because it was, That's the so timer was different than I thought it would be. And my mom was in the second row and and, the, and all these people I didn't know out there. And I just was like, it is just very anchoring yeah. to have real life people. And that's probably been your experience longer than it's been mine. But um, to have real life people at you, with you at work and with you at home. Yeah. Right? Because mm-hmm. you know, like, home Annie. and yep. But you also know non-home Annie. And I... I appreciate that a lot. I'm grateful yeah. for our group of friends here that we all kind of speak the same language and everybody understands like, yeah, let's try to get together in like August. Let's go ahead and put it on the calendar. <laughs> like people get that and aren't like, no one goes like, what a jerk. I heard right. someone last night say, I tried to interview someone for something and they pushed me off for three months. And I was yeah. like, 
Yeah. I mean, yeah. I get that sometimes I because when I look at my calendar, I have camps, this, I have things, yeah. and I go, yeah, yeah, I would love to see you. I'll probably be back in town for a good, like, let's get together in July, yeah. right? But then you go, like, but it, but we understand that about each other, and it's really mm-hmm. nice to... I didn't know when I moved here that I was going to need that. I didn't know that existed, and it is, it is such a gift to have real-life friends that I love deeply, like you and Rebecca, Angie, Lauren, mm-hmm. who who know this world and kind of speak the same language with us. Yeah, I, I so agree. I like anchoring, mm-hmm. anchoring people. Yeah. I get it. Um, so I read Looking for Lovely this Thank past you. week, and I went to the Cayman Islands. Yes. And- <laughs> <laughs> that is what I ask everyone to do. <laughs> Buy the book and then immediately fly to the Cayman Islands <laughs> and just enjoy it. But I, I do a trip with some friends every year, mm-hmm. and um, so I just wanted to say thank you for writing a book that my ADD self could read. And what right. I loved about it is I was being taught, but I didn't for a second feel like I was being taught. You know oh, what I mean? Thanks. Like, you just have such a, um, just your, well, it's probably because I know you, but your mm-hmm. voice, like, it's just easy, and it was, but I feel like it was really profound truths yes. that... I was taking in, but like the storytelling aspect and all that. Of course, I think everybody, you can't wait to, you know, to get to the story part yeah, when someone's um, writing. But like, I, I loved it. And one of the things I marvel at before we get into more of the book, but like, I do not know, I don't understand how you listen to music and write at really? the same time. Yeah, I do. I, do I listen, mostly I do, when I'm editing, it's silent. I can't even have, like, instruments in the background. When I'm, like, editing, it is pitch nothing <laughs> silent. I usually do it at home even because at our office, there's a lot of buzz around, and at coffee shops, there's mm-hmm. buzz. But, yeah, for some reason, I write books really well with music and, and, and buzz. Like, I mm-hmm. love writing at coffee shops. I love having the music in my head and having the machine and the people and the it is it's the extrovert in me probably that it that I like that the noise gives me energy to go and so yeah and I but but most of looking for lovely was written to um the finding neverland soundtrack and um finding neverland and saving mr banks both you know disney e feeling they Mm -hmm. just were very um I I what I can hear when I write is a cadence to the words, and so it matters. So the music in the background sets the cadence for me when I'm Mm. writing. So, because then the last thing I do before I turn the book in is I print it out and I play the music and I read it out loud, right? How weird is that? Oh, my gosh. I know. So I read it out loud, and then, because you can't really do it on, I can't do it on computer as well as I can do it on paper. Because on computer, you don't feel when the pages turn and you don't feel the breaks and, as well, for me, I don't. I guess I should say I don't feel the breaks or, as mm-hmm. well. And so that's what I do. So I listen to whatever, Mumford & Sons or um, who else was a big player, this one. Ellie Holcomb was a big player in this one. But especially those those two soundtracks. There's a Spotify. Spotify? It's Spotify. different than it's, Spotify. It's, it's, for, it's for authors. It's only when you're in the air. <laughs> um, it is only while you're flying. But, uh, yeah, it's special for authors. Yeah. <laughs> That's really funny. Um, so I... There's a whole Spotify playlist that some stranger built. I don't know. That's all these Disney and has those two um, albums on it. So... But I like the cadence. I think I think one of the reasons people read it easily is because it doesn't 
it doesn't feel like a bad driver who starts and stops a lot. That's so Hopefully, interesting. it's supposed to feel, yeah, it's supposed to have cadence to it. So that really matters to me. Yeah. Well, I, it must be why, I don't know, I guess as a songwriter and an artist, that I must intuitively feel it. Yeah, you know I, mean? I hope that so. Cadence or whatever. But um, yeah, that's so interesting to me because as I've been trying to write, you know, a book for like seven yeah, years. Yeah, I know. But like, um, I think the songwriter in me, that's probably where I get tripped up, is that I self-edit as if this is supposed to be a song and it's right. going to be this, you know, like tidy. and right. But like that initial, where you're in the coffee shop and you've got the music going, that is like where you just, you're supposed to just let it dump. flow. Yeah, you just dump it all and out. And that's where I, that's where I'm You've got to do that though. It, that, that is such the trick, is the first round, literally when people say to me, not you people who like, but people who go, I think I want to write a book someday. I go, do you know what it wants to, want to, what you want to be about? And usually they have an idea. And I go, okay, sit down and write everything. Don't care about chapters. Don't care about outline. Just literally back up the truck and dump everything out. Just uh. dump it all out on the ground, and then we will make it work. Right? Wow. And so, that I mean, that's really what you have to do is just get as much of it out as you can. The cadence can come later. The feel can come later. The organization can come mm-hmm. later. But the more you self-edit as you're writing, the more you lose of the book, yeah. I have found. Yeah. And you lose the, the simplicity and the beauty of what you originally wanted to write because you're so worried about what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. And there's like nine people in a year between when you finish right. it and when someone actually picks it up. Right. I almost feel like we should offer like, here's the version that I turned in <laughs> and here's the version that you're actually reading. Because I think readers would have a lot more like, oh, yeah. oh this is so different. Mm-hmm. My Looking for Lovely is fairly different. The one before that, Let's All Be Brave, was really different. I mean, my oh. editor did a lot to Let's All Be Brave. But, but before I turned in Looking for Lovely, I hired two independent editors. They both did runs on it. And then I gave it to the publisher and we had two editors and a copy editor at the publisher. Wow. Right? So just so many people put their paws on it before the mm-hmm. reader gets it, mm-hmm. that, that the dump technique also helps you go like, hey, I just got it all out there and I'm giving it to you <laughs> and let's hope something turns to this, right? But yeah, you got to stop self-editing, Christy. Yeah, I know. Just let it out. Well, hopefully that encourages people out there who might and you. be trying to. Dump yeah, truck. And me. Dump truck. Just <laughs> let it all out. You've got to get oh it out. Oh my gosh. Okay, well, speaking of Spotify. Yes. Um, so you, I happen to know that you would rather bus than fly always, right? Is that your dream? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's just my dream. Well, I would love to wrap a bus. I would love to have a bus <laughs> that, that I just like. I like being able to wear my pajamas. Totally. I just like busing. And because I'm single, I don't have like tiny people at home that I'm like, I've got to hurry. I would love, yeah. you know, I choose Delta because I'm Delta loyal over Southwest. And people with kids a lot of times go like, no, I'm taking Southwest because it's direct to Nashville. And I'm always right. like, I'd rather have comfort plus, totally, right? right. <laughs> I'd rather upgrade. But but yeah, I just like buses. Here's why. This is this will not surprise you at all because you know me. You can just put more people on a bus that you know. <laughs> so like if I'm going somewhere and I get to bus, there's a possibility that I can take 11 friends with me. Right. So I go like, who wants to go? Totally. We've got the beds. We've got the space. <laughs> Bring a snack. It's only a six-hour drive and we'll spend the night and come, you know, like... So that's why I think it's fun is it feels more like a, it feels like I get to take my friends. And that's probably the hard part about flying for me is it's so me by myself. I, yeah. my, my assistant that travels with me travels out of Atlanta. So a lot of times we meet in another airport or we meet at the destination. So hmm. it's just a lot of travel by myself time, which is fine. And I'm a grown up and I can mm-hmm. handle it and I get work done. And 
listen to important things, I'm sure. But, but the idea of like, I could either fly for three hours or bus for seven. I was like, yeah, let's like watch a movie. <laughs> There's a baseball game on. Come on, you guys. Everybody wear your pajamas. Hello. So, yeah. yeah, I just think it's fun. But you've like lived on a bus and yes. you're probably over it, huh? Well, I mean, sometimes we prefer it. It just depends. But like my yeah. kids would rather go on a bus than go to Disney World. Really? For sure. Oh, yeah. They See, love I need it. to raise people like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to do. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. Because raise it's just like, <laughs> yeah, raise them in the way they should go, right? And they won't depart from it. Yeah. I just think it's just a nice, like, buses just allow you to still be at home. Yeah. And airplanes don't. Very I don't know true. how to explain that, but but it, you can bring your own stuff. You can have all your things. Mm-hmm. You can sit crisscross applesauce. You, can, you don't have to buckle. Like, you can take a nap. There's just, it's just like, Home goes with you. Yeah, you don't have to check your toiletries. Yes, you don't have to check anything. I just take my toiletries like in a huge just sack. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> just throw them in there. Man, the first time I spent the night on a bus, I was so nervous. I was with, it was when I was doing the Girls of Grace tour. And I was like, I had been out with some country friends as like their mm-hmm. guests on their bus, but I had never been by myself as like, this is an artist that yeah. has a spot. And that's just very different than like, this is our friend who we have an extra <laughs> buck for. And, um... And so I remember being like, how do I pack this? What am I supposed to bring? And I just had way too much stuff. I brought way too much stuff on that first run. And it was every other weekend for a school year. So after, so the second run from then on, I was kind of like, I need probably a third of what I brought on the bus (laughs) with me. I'm only on here for like eight hours. I don't, at home in eight hours, Overnight, I'd eat, like, a banana, maybe. Right. I probably don't need five snacks. Right. Like, <laughs> what was I thinking was going to happen on this bus? But do you – I don't know if your people know the whole going to the bathroom on the bus thing, which I think is so fascinating that the first thing the driver says is, like, yeah. only liquids. <laughs> Everything else, you tell us to stop. Oh, yeah. And, I, I mean, I bet people make that mistake. Oh, I haven't been yeah. on the receiving end of a person on a bus making that mistake, but – yeah. I can imagine it's... If there's ever another female, like, out on a tour and there's just, like, a bunch of guys, mm-hmm. I, I make it my mission to get to her before she uses the restroom. Just oh, so that's I'm like, sweet of you. Okay, here's the deal. Here's yeah. the drill. Yeah, here's what you need to know. Yeah. Uh, and I always love the other thing that I thought was really interesting that my friends didn't know about buses is the way we used to do it with Girls of Grace is if we stopped at a gas station and you went to the bathroom, you left your driver's license on the bus driver's mm-hmm. seat. Mm-hmm. And that way he didn't leave you. Yes. And I was like... That is genius. Because <laughs> they don't know if I'm sleeping or buying a Coke Icy. Yeah. Right? And they could just drive away, and there I am with my Coke Icy in Wichita, Kansas. Yeah. And I can't get home, you know? Yeah, I've definitely played that out a couple of times in my head. Oh, like, I'm what sure. if I didn't have my cell phone? Oh, and... gosh. Do you take your cell phone with you every time? You'd have yeah. to. Yeah. Just because I'm like, I always want to be able to call yeah. if. I get left. Because it's not like the tour manager goes and opens every bunk and is like, no. okay, all 12 of you are here. No, Scary. they're like, all the licenses are gone from the seat. We can pull away. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, um, let's go back to childhood Annie. Okay. Um, a little bit. Like, what's, I always think this is, I can't actually think of mine. I maybe have mine, but what's your earliest memory? Um, I was in, kin- well, I became a Christian when I was uh, two months before I turned five. May of mm-hmm. 1985, I turned five mm-hmm. in July of 1985. And I do remember that really clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I remember it because God needed me to remember that mm-hmm. for all the times that all the things went wrong and things mm-hmm. got felt backwards and upside down and yeah. I wasn't sure of him. I have this one really strong memory of being sure of him from when I was really little. So that's one of my first ones. Mm-hmm. I also, when I was in kinder, like that same, it may have even been that spring, I fell on the playground 
at Wood Acres in mm-hmm. Roswell, Georgia. And I got an arrowhead in my head. Like, <laughs> are we like from the Native American tribe? I can't know. I have no idea how that was the case uh-huh. on our playground. But and I remember going to the hospital for that. Like an actual arrowhead. Yes. And that was Zara on our playground. Oh, my goodness. At, I know. I still have a little scar over here. <laughs> but so that's probably my two strongest like preschool memories mm-hmm. are um are when I fell and when I walked down the aisle at yeah. First Methodist, First United Methodist Marietta mm-hmm. back in nineteen eighty five. I um my first memory, I th- I'm pretty sure this is it, but it also includes kind of just an awareness. Uh-huh. I, I think like that I mean obviously I mean my dad was a pastor and was raised in church, knew that um you know, knew all about Jesus sure. and by the time I was seven and but I remember <laughs> this I don't know why I remember this, but I was sitting on our back porch and I ate dog food. Uh-huh. And <laughs> And I felt shameful about it because oh. I was sneaking. Oh, wow. And then, then I didn't think it tasted very bad. Like, I was, oh I was kind of like, I kind of like it. And then, <laughs> and in that same moment, I remember thinking, like, you're here with me. Like, I, like really? I felt God's presence. And like, often Don't I, feel shame. It's just dog food. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, isn't that weird? But That's I really do so think it's so fascinating. Like, one of my first memories, maybe we'll edit that out later. But, oh, my um, gosh. Don't, don't. The world needs to know. But it was like, often I'll think back to that and I'll think, um, you know, it's kind of his kindness to remind me of like when you were just sitting on a back porch in Oklahoma and eating a little hand of dog food. Yeah. Like I made my presence. Yeah. No. I think, I don't know, and you definitely don't have to delve into this, but for my story and for what I would think of how kind it is that the Lord met you in your earliest memory of shame. Mm, yeah. Right? Yeah. And just went like, anytime you feel shame, right. actually I'm there. Mm. And you don't have to feel that. And I just think, man, that is really sweet of him mm. to that early in your life be like, you don't need to feel shame. I'm here. Yeah. Or you can feel shame, but I'm here. Yeah. Even though we aren't supposed to, you know, you don't right. need to. But even if you feel it, mm. you're not alone in it. You can mm. eat your dog food and I'll be right here by you. Right? Right. Have you stopped that? Have you stopped eating dog food? <laughs> I have, and I mean... Like my kids have asked me before, like, what does it taste like? And I'm like, it's really not. It's really like, not it's that right bad. There. Eat it. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, sometimes I see commercials for dog food and I'm like, I think that is more organic than anything I <laughs> ate today. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what it tastes like, but I bet you it's more nutritious than that Taco Bell burrito. Oh my gosh. I mean, if I was to ever eat Taco Bell, you know, of course I don't. If you've ever been there. If that. I've ever been there. So I love your honesty as a writer. Um, I think it's a beautiful balance of real and raw mixed with the pursuit or the lovely that God offers us on the road to becoming. And I love how you do and don't take yourself seriously all at the same time, if that Mm. makes sense. Um, I think it makes for great writing because we feel like you're one of us. Thank you. And you're with us on the journey. Um, Is that intentional um, for just writing or how might it all play out like in your real life? Every day. Yeah. One of the things the Lord did pretty early in my career, I've done this full time for four years, but I've been pursuing being an author and a speaker as my career for mm-hmm. a decade mm-hmm. since 2006, 2005, so almost 11 years. Um, and really early, one of the things the Lord did is made me real sure of what my lane is. Mm-hmm. And w- the reason that helps, and you probably see this in your career too, is um, you're not trying to be Katy Perry. 
because that isn't what success looks like for you, and that isn't your lane. Mm -hmm. It'd be fine if God made you Katy Perry, but that's just not really, as far as I've seen, your shows have not had enough, like, balloons and glitter and, and like, candy to be um, a Katy Perry show. And the same is true for me, that the Lord made it really clear really early that my, what my lane is and what my definition is of success is maybe not the right word, but that's the word we'll use because I don't know a better one right now, but... Success for me is when the reader feels like we're friends. Mm. That is that is my lane. My lane is Annie is my friend who we get coffee together and sometimes talk about God. Yeah. Right? So I'm not, I love Christine Kane. I'm not Christine Kane. Mm-hmm. I love Lisa Harper. I'm not Lisa Harper. I love Beth Moore. I love Lisa Turker. I mean, we could list all of our friends, Jenny sure. Allen, um, Joe Saxon. Like, I love all of them. Mm-hmm. None of them are the same lane as me. Yeah. And so the beautiful part about that is that I can like cheer with abandon totally. for all of them because I go like, yeah, yeah, go as far as you can go mm-hmm. because I want your lane to take you as far as God mm-hmm. has for you. And that has no effect on my career. Right. Except it does have an effect on my heart. It makes me a better Annie, a yeah. better human to be for my teammates, not mm-hmm. against them, not compete with them. And it also speaks into my writing Mm -hmm. because I go like the most successful email I can get from a reader or the most successful sentence someone can say to me is going like, I feel like we're already friends. And I Mm -hmm. go, success. Then God did with that writing what I asked him to do and what, and that means I'm working in my lane. Mm -hmm. And so friends, if you sit down and have coffee with a friend, you have really serious parts and you have really jokey parts. And it's Mm -hmm. it's a... It, it is not all serious and it is not all jokes. And so that's how I take my writing is like, mm. and I frame a picture on my desk every time I write a book of who I'm writing for. Mm. And because then I'm like, if I'm actually talking to them, here's what I would say. Versus like, if I'm trying to win the Nobel Peace Prize, right? Or if I'm trying to win a Pulitzer, <laughs> or if I'm trying to hit New York Times, here's what I need to say, or mm. here's how I need to craft this particular thing. And I think there's wisdom in crafting your book well and thinking about marketing mm. and making sure you're writing to blah, 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 all the things you're mm-hmm. supposed to say about that. But but for me, it is that my deeper call from God, what he's going to ask me about when I stand in front of him. Well, honestly, what he's going to ask me about how I stand in front of him is how I treated the people that actually have my phone number, right? And the treated yeah. the people that are in our real lives. Mm-hmm. And did I care for the poor? And did I care for those that I'm mentoring in my real life? And did I love my friends and family well? But when it comes to my job, what he's going to, I think, what he's going to ask me about, he could surprise me and pull a quick one pop quiz on me. But what I think he's going <laughs> to ask me about is, did you write like they were your friends? Yeah. Because they are. They, I mean, that is how I feel. I feel like all these readers who show up at my blog or show up on Instagram or Snapchat or in my books, what they are looking for is someone who tells them you're not alone. Yeah. And, and I get that and I'm like you. Mm-hmm. I'm, I don't know that I'm ever going to be the speaker or the author or the person, mm-hmm. public personality who people, I, I don't want to be untouchable. Yeah. Now, there's a cost to that that is mm-hmm. scary for me sometimes. and Not scary like someone's knocking on my door yet, but scary like <laughs> like that is an expensive thing sometimes, right? right? right. But that's, that's my lane. My lane is any woman or man, honestly, who reads my stuff and sees me in public, I want them to walk up to me yeah. and say like, Annie, mm-hmm. and as if I would have known their name. Yeah. Right? And so that I think that spills into my writing that I, I work really hard to stay in my lane, mm-hmm. to go like, am I writing like we're friends? Um, mm-hmm. Because then 
the thing is when people, two things, when people fall in love with the people of God, they will fall in love with God. Yeah. Maybe not right away, but mm -hmm. they will. And so when I used to teach school, that, that was always my thing is I thought, I want these kids in 10 years, when someone tells them about Jesus or when they have an experience with God, that they go, wait, Miss, this feels like Miss Downs. Mm. I wonder if Miss Downs, I bet Miss Downs was a Christian. Wait, that music she played in the background is the hymn that we're hearing at church, right? Like, I wanted them to fall in love with me because they'll eventually fall in love with God. So I think that's really true yeah. for writers. But I also think your friends, if you really are friends with someone, you can say the hard thing to them. Yeah. And so I work really hard that on a day-to-day -day basis, my online friends feel like they we're friends so that I earn the right to be heard when I have to say something hard. Yeah. And sometimes the books have those parts. You know, mm -hmm. I try not to make them the first chapter of the hard thing I'm asking. And looking for love with the first couple of chapters are the hard thing of my life, but, but not the hard ask on the reader. The hard ask on the reader comes way after they feel like Annie's my person. Yeah. So that's why I'm, I'm really grateful that you felt that come mm -hmm. across because you are my real life people. But mm -hmm. also that, that, I mean, that's, that's my lane. I'm really clear. Now, does that mean I don't get disappointed when I don't get some of the things some of the other people in other lanes get? Mm. For sure. I mean, I, I want all the successes that everybody wants, right? Sure. But the thing I hold myself to, the thing my team holds me to, is are we building these irresistible environments for people to encounter God in a way that makes them feel like they've made a new friend? Mm. And that's what, that's what I'm called to do. Yeah. So well, well done. Oh, thanks. For sure. I appreciate it. I like it too. That helps, right? Like, I go like, yeah, friends mm -hmm. with everyone on the planet. I will totally do that. <laughs> that is exactly what I want to do. I don't necessarily want them all to like know where I live, right? But I want them all to feel. When, whenever people tweet or comment somehow, and we've been in a public place and they've been there and didn't talk to me, mm. I'm always like, oh no. Yeah. What was I doing that you didn't right. want to come up? I would have want. I wanted you to come say hi. Mm -hmm. Like that's fine with me. We yeah. we, you know, you probably experienced this a thousandfold for me. But there's not a lot of places you can go probably in Nashville or Atlanta that people someone in the place doesn't know who you are, mm -hmm. right? Probably that in a lot of cities and and we know that yeah. right. And so you just go. I can either hate that right. and stay home, or I can go like, man, I'm so lucky that someone wants to be my friend. Yeah. And so yeah. the fact that they want to talk to me while I'm waiting in line for my burrito mm -hmm. or while I'm getting my nails done or after an event, yeah. great, mm -hmm. good, because they feel like we're friends and it's like we've been pen pals and this is the first time we've ever been in real life. Yeah. So for me to go like, sorry, I can't, <laughs> I can't speak to you. I, I mean, will someone please bodyguard me? between? And there is boundaries, right? Like you got to sure. be healthy and you got to... Take care of yourself. My friend Emily Freeman always says, we have to do what doesn't make us feel crazy. Yeah. Right? And yeah. so so certainly this isn't like the rule for everyone who does this job. But for me, I hope people want to talk to me mm. when they see me yeah. in public. Yeah. I'm always amazed when someone's like nervous. You yeah. Know, I like to say hi or whatever. Yeah. And I'm always just like, it's, it's, it's just, just me. me. <laughs> <laughs> right. But it makes me think, you know, when I see someone in town or something that I admire, their mm -hmm. music or something, and I get, I clam up and I'm like, Christy, do you remember <laughs> when we met at IF four years ago or whatever? And I was like, Christy Knuckles <laughs> is coming backstage. This is going to be great. I was like, I've been listening to Watermark since like 99. And every morning of my sophomore year of college, I sang it on the way to school. 
I mean, I, I mean, I felt that because you just go like, this person has no idea how much of my story they're in. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so, and so, and I, as the author, I don't ever understand the mm-hmm. depths of how I'm in someone else's story. How yeah. they go like, I move cities because of your book, or I, you know, and you just go like, Wow, I didn't know that. I just, mm-hmm. I just pushed print. Yeah. Right. Like I just turned it in. Right. And and God does what He wants to do. So. Amazing. So it's, I'm, I'm really grateful for that. You handled me really well that first time when I wanted to sing with you. So oh. I appreciated that a lot. <laughs> it really paved the way for our real friendship. Oh, my goodness. Um, well, I don't want to give away some of the best moments in the book because I really want people, if they haven't gotten it, I want oh, you to go by you. looking for Lovely because it's awesome. But can we just talk about when you landed the the Hope plane? Yeah. Um. I have never thought about that before, and I don't know how much you want to, like, reveal, because I feel like that's, mm-hmm. like, just, it really is, like, one of the moments. And it's really early on. About it's how like, it's, it's not like free. It's, like, page seven. Yeah. But you're, it's not, like, um, you're talking about the fruit of the Spirit, you mm-hmm. know, like, love, joy, peace, patience. Isn't that crazy? Okay, I've never thought of that before. Right, but perseverance is one of the fruits of the Spirit. Right. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I'm happy to talk about that, because I think it's really important for, for, for people in a faith walk who want to have a hope-filled life. Because mm-hmm. we there's books about it, and there's tattoos about it, and you hang it in your house and all these things, but then, like, everyone thinks it's free. Mm. It's not free. It's right. expensive. It's never free in the Bible. There's never a time where God's like, just ask me for hope, mm. right? Like, that's just not right. how it works. It's always attached. It's always a—it mm. is like um, working out. It is like muscles. Like, you want to lift that box— you can totally lift mm-hmm. that box. Mm-hmm. It is going to take six months of working out, mm-hmm. right? Or you want to run a half marathon? Okay, you can do it. You don't just l- t- lace your shoes and run out the door and do 13 miles. Mm. It's just not how it works. And, that, and that's the truth with hope. Even though that's what we want people to have and we treat it, it's not exactly how it goes. And so, that I mean, that's what Romans 5 says is that we rejoice in our sufferings so that that produces perseverance in us. Mm. That ability to go like, okay, this suffering matters, helps us not give up, Mm -hmm. and that builds our character. And when your character is built, that is where hope comes, right? And so people, we just, you know, so many people, especially a book like Looking for Lovely, where I write so much about quitting Mm -hmm. and how I quit quitting, people want me to, people ask me a lot, like, how do I quit quitting and how do I do this? And I'm like, one of the biggest issues, I think, in Christendom, if I can have that right. sentence in the world, <laughs> is um, we confuse a closed door with a hard situation. Mm. We think like, oh, this hurts. I must be supposed to be out. Right? right? This hurts. I need to walk away. Mm. And so, at, indicating to ourselves and to everyone else, if something is painful, it is not from God. Right. And that, as much as I wish <laughs> in the depths of my soul that was true. Right. That is not true. Mm-mm. He is not about. He is not about giving us a life that feels really good. Even though I wish. I mean, I want that to be true, mm-hmm. right? But, but he is more about like our character, yeah, and the and the inner workings of our guts, mm-hmm. and what's going to make us a good eternal neighbor to someone else in heaven yeah. or on earth, right? Yeah, and and so I just think we've got to get our minds around hope comes. When we don't give up, mm. we don't give up. And and I, I would err on the side of, if you think a door is closed, keep slamming into it until the Lord goes, oh my gosh, you're so bruised. That was really sweet. <laughs> um, I'm going to let you stop now, right? <laughs> right? Versus like you knock on the door and you're like, are you going to open? No, bye, right? right? Like, I don't think it's that way. I, I have switched to living a life where 
I'm going to keep going in the situations and try to get to the other side of the pain and get to the other side of the hard and persevere to the other side until God makes it really clear mm-hmm. that we're done. Yeah, so beautiful. It matters to me, Christy. Yeah. It's like totally changed me. Yeah. I mean, it is, I'm a different woman. That's one of the reasons like, you know, when we write books, at the beginning, we do endorsements where you're supposed to get like mm-hmm. super famous people to be like, hey, look, you know me, but you don't know her. <laughs> so you should pick up this book because Annie's cool, even though she's a stranger to you. And, but for this, and I've done that for all my books because it's good and it's helpful and mm-hmm. it's kind and I like doing it for other people. Um, but what I did for Looking for Lovely is I got my seven best friends, like the people who have known me through this, I was like, will you just tell people this is true? Wow. And that's what I wanted. So instead of endorsements, we have friend endorsements. Love it. Because I wanted people, before they read Looking for Lovely, to look at these seven names of people they do not know that are not impressive as far as the world knows. They're very impressive humans. They've put up with me for a long time. That's enough. <laughs> but for them to go like, hey, listen, this story you're about to read from Annie is true. Mm-hmm. And we lived it. And we see she's different. And, and we're seeing that it's sticking. Yeah. That it's not just this like, I did an experiment for a book. Right. But like this life change was a real life change. Mm-hmm. So when you read it, you can believe it. Yeah. And that really mattered to me. I, I wanted people, I want people to believe it. I want them to know that I that looking for lovely is as true a book as I was able to tell yeah. as best I could remember. Yeah. Right? I mean, I'm sure there are parts that someone else goes, I was there and she did not order a hot dog short of a hamburger, what a liar, <laughs> right? But I mean, as best as I could remember to the best that I could tell the book. In the truest way that protects the people that need to be protected, that's how I told Looking for Lovely. And, mm. and, and so I wanted people to believe that. Yeah. And, and the only way we will go after hope is if our friends do it first and we yeah. believe that they really did it. And that's, again, that's me being in my lane and going like, hey, I'm your friend that's totally different than the woman you read in Looking for or in Let's All Be Brave or any of the ones before that. Right. And I'll be different before the next one. Yeah. Right? I mean, I'm sure you experienced that with songwriting mm-hmm. too, where people are always like, which book is your favorite? And I remember Tom Cruise one time, uh, Oprah Winfrey asked him what his favorite movie was. And he was like, this one. And I was like, shut up, Top Gun. Like, clearly, <laughs> we all know the answer. Jerry Maguire, like, stop being dumb. It's right. not today's movie that you're on Oprah for. Right. But then when I think about books, I wonder if you're this way with songs where you go like, well, yeah, it's looking for lovely because it's me today. Right. Mm-hmm. It's the closest. To, it's the closest to who I am. It's great. It's the best writing I've ever done. Yeah. Let's all be brave was the best writing I could do at 33. Yeah. But I'm 35. Yeah. And let's looking for lovely is the best writing I could do at 35. Mm-hmm. And so, so I really I, I I understand Tom Cruise like I never thought I would. Yeah. We just are just the same. You're and so I. close. We're so similar. <laughs> I've been waiting for an understanding of someone to get behind me with that. I love it. So the theme of my podcast is called The Glorious and the Mundane, and it kind of comes from um, an epiphany that I had. I call it my farmhouse or my farm table epiphany. I call it my farm table epiphany that I had in my 30s Um, because I think I used to try to compartmentalize my life. Like I have my children here, my Mm -hmm. marriage, ministry stuff, like songwriting, and I kind of would try to sort of balance it, and, and I had a sweet mentor in my life at the time who is a songwriter. She has nine children. Her name is Terry. And I sat with her just crying in Starbucks and basically like, how do you balance it all? How do you do it all? And, and she was like, well, you can invite the glorious into the mundane. Mm -hmm. And it was the first time it was almost, it was literally like, it's such a shift in my whole 
thinking and my world, and it kind of played out for weeks and months and, on, and really even years after that, like it kind of came more in layers that God was like, I didn't need to try to compartmentalize everything, but everything could um, be this glorious journey and that even in the most everyday things like mundane tasks or like, you know, I'm standing at the um, kitchen sink now. Literally, I will say out loud, okay, I have 20 minutes. I'm going to do dishes. God, I invite you into Mm. this moment. Like there's this song I'm working on and I'm stuck on this lyric. And I just open myself up while I'm washing dishes to songwrite. So that's cool. And I, and it's, so honestly looking for lovely, like even the title like caught, caught me, Mm -hmm. um, like, like kind of like a little place in my heart. It was like, that's, it's similar, you know, it's another way of saying, you know, that you're looking for, um, the glorious things that God offers in just your everyday life. And Mm -hmm. so, um, even I, I love the part where you even you get tear up. You teared up over watermelon seeds, yeah. Um, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, and I just I wondered how you know kind of how do you see the glorious in the mundane yeah. and kind of what are some of those? I think that's really gosh. Things. That's I'm gonna like journal about that later. The way you phrase all that, that's really beautiful. Yeah, and I I think I think that if we're allowed to put this. Um, shackle on other people. I think that's how we're supposed to live, mm-hmm. right? Because I think people would look at your life or my life and because they don't live them and say, mm-hmm. that looks really glorious all the time. Mm-hmm. And they would go, what would they label as mundane? They ride buses around, right? Like <laughs> they take their friends on buses. But it is, it does get, I mean, I still do laundry and I still have to buy groceries and I still have to like sweep at my office. We spilled, this won't shock you at all, we spilled glitter all over the floor yesterday. So we had to sweep up a ton at the office and it feels very mundane. But but inviting God to do like, to be at anything we're at and to step in at any point um, feels really healthy. And it, natural isn't the word because it's easy, but natural as in like, that was created order a little bit to yeah. me. Um, a couple of weeks ago at the end of April, you know, everybody does these, like, the, that Justin Timberlake meme that says it's um, going to be May, right? Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> which I think is so funny. He probably, like, lives on your street. We should go ask him how he's doing. But um, there's another one that's from Dream Girls that is You're Going to Love May. And yeah. it's, like, when she's belting it out. And Travis Cottrell posted it, and so did Melinda Doolittle. <laughs> and, like, I just laughed. And all of a sudden, something caught in my, in my guts. And the Lord really said, you're going to love May. And I was like, okay, like kind of, April had been kind of hard, just some weird things happened. I I mean, you know how it is to be Mm -hmm. a tortured artist. We're just a little bit tortured Mm -hmm. people. And I get, I mean, I kept saying to my counselor, like, is this just the cost? Is this the cost of the job that sometimes I don't want to get out of bed and I still have to, and I have to be happy and pretend and I can't pretend and I'm sad. And and so April had just kind of eaten me up a little bit. Mm. And so for the Lord to say that for starters was just really nice. Like, oh, okay. So what I decided to do is I started a note on my phone and it's called, I'm going to love May. And every day of the month, I ask God, what am I going to love about today? Mm. And Christy, it has been the craziest month of, of things culminating randomly in May that shouldn't have, wow. right? Like, and it's, and it's not that I have like a charmed life. It's that all of a sudden God's like, those nine months ends here. 
Yeah. This experience, here's that. You've been asking me to do that. I'm going to do that. And they yeah. all fall on different days in May. And I, I could have not, he might not have given me the head up, heads up. Mm. And I could have gone like, oh my gosh, this week has been crazy. How funny that all this is happening. But instead, I go like, no, I'm looking for you. Mm -hmm. And you're showing up every day. It doesn't mean every day has been insane. It's not like I wake up and there's a million dollars on my porch every morning. Mm -hmm. That only happened once. No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) But uh, it's, it's not like that. It's these little like these little random moments that I go like, but I was looking for May. I was looking for him to show up for me this month in ways I didn't know. In this mundane of a month that I'm home more than usual, I only travel for like a week. Like I'm gone for nine days of this month, which is Mm -hmm. for us is next to nothing. Like Mm -hmm. I'm like, how many friends can I see? (laughs) Look how many days I'm here. And so I'm only gone for nine days, but I, um, I, I've been amazed at how he has, like, shown up in these little everyday conversations, Mm. in these little everyday moments. And it's because he gave me the heads up and I've been eyes open to it. And I think that's what it takes is going, like, my life, all of our lives feel mundane to us because Mm. we're the ones who always have to sweep the same corners. We're the ones who always have to answer the same emails. We're the ones who always see when that friend calls who needs something that you go, Mm. okay, I need to go help again or I need to go do this again or, you know. Our life feels mundane because we live it every day. But, mm. but I think there's something about the Lord going like, ju- like sunrises in the book, you know, just because the sun comes up every day doesn't mean it's the same ever. Right. And so just because there's mundane doesn't mean that it has to be the same. It's two, right. two different things. It's mm-hmm. just responsibilities and adulting and all that stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and asking him to step in and help you finish a song or mm-hmm. help, help me find the right words or... I, I, I don't know if you feel this way about songs, but with books, I feel like this is probably crazy, but I feel like they already exist. Yeah. And do you feel that way with songs sometimes that you're just supposed to find them? Right. You just bring order to something that's like already been... Yes. Like breathed. Yes. That's exactly it. That's how <laughs> um, I feel with books is that they, they all, they're already on a shelf. Mm-hmm. And, and God's call to me is, are you willing to bring, to find that, to do the digging it takes mm-hmm. to find the book that I've already intended Mm-hmm. for you or for someone else. I'm always like, if anyone else leaves a book on a shelf, you just let me know and I'll come find it. Like, does Beth Moore have sparesies that she Seriously? hasn't written yet? Or, right? Like, what songs are out there that we need to write? Yeah. But I'm always like, okay, Lord, I, th- I, I do genuinely think that he kind of has like, hey, these are the stories I want you to tell mm-hmm. and I need you to come close to me to find them. That's right. And, and that happens when you're washing dishes. Yeah. Or at the farmer's market with a watermelon seed when I go like, oh, this is what it looks like to sow in tears and reap in joy. Mm-hmm. It's just like a watermelon seed to a watermelon, right? Like mm-hmm. he always meant for me to see that. I just had to find it. Yeah. And I had to dig into it and go like, oh, I'm not just going to fling this watermelon seed out into the yard and not think about it. I have the choice to go like, oh, this is pricking something in me. Right. And be in tune with that. Yeah. So, and believe it, right? Yeah. That's the other thing yeah. is you can go like, I'm crazy. God said you're going to love <laughs> me. I'm crazy. Why would he say that? That doesn't make any sense. Like that's a meme from... It. Dream girls that Travis and Melinda posted. <laughs> Don't be a weirdo. But I'm like, uh, I think I want to go down on the side of the weirdos, right? Yeah. I want to go down. If I'm going to look like an idiot, I want to look like an idiot believing that God said too much to me. Yeah. And that I that people go like, he didn't say that. And I go, okay, well, I thought he did. That's mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. No, you know, not like um, go out and buy a movie theater kind of stuff. Like, <laughs> no, that's clearly not going to be like in my center of my calling. But moments like the May thing where I go like, 
I could believe that I've heard God mm-hmm. and, and I've known him long enough that his voice gets more familiar every time. Or I can go, don't be dumb. Yeah. And so. I would have missed him ju- merely saying, all he said to me all month long in all these different ways is, I'm here. Mm. I see you. Right? It hasn't been like, look, I'm changing your life. It's been like, right. I'm right here. Yeah. I just uh-huh. want, you're going to love May because you're going to see me every day yeah. in ways that I wouldn't have if I wouldn't have paid attention to that mm-hmm. little bit. And I think we, we have a really lucky opportunity to pay attention to him every day if we mm-hmm. want to. It's not like this required thing yeah. in our mundane, right? Mm-hmm. It's just like, he is the glorious in the mundane, yeah. right? He yeah. is, that's him. And, and we either get to look to him. I'm not great at quiet times. I'm just yeah. not great at sitting down and doing yeah. that. But I am really great at going on a walk at Radnor yeah. and putting head, my headphones in and listening to a sermon and stopping halfway through and going like, hey, that does make sense to my life, God. What do you think? How right. have we seen, we've seen that play out. Mm-hmm. I'm, so cl- I'm so sure that that has been my life. And, and having eight minutes of my walk being this conversation, and then right. I pick back up on the podcast. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think that looking to God is not this like, sitting in your special chair, though it can be. Right. And some people are super disciplined, sure. and I respect sure. them deeply. Mm-hmm. And there are times where, I mean, I journaled the other morning. I woke up with a song in my head, and I just, I could not quit it. It was one of those where I was like, okay, this will not leave me. This will yeah. not leave me. Um, and it was Spirit Move, the new, one of the new Bethel ones. Mm-hmm. And it says, I feel it in my bones. You're about to move. And I was like, yeah. oh, okay, I will listen to that. Right. And I like sat down and journaled it and set aside some time. And I try to do that a couple of times a week, but I'm not the like every day at 4 a.m. kind of quiet time person. <laughs> so I don't think that's necessarily what it means to find the glorious, right? I think right. I don't think it is that you have to have this like, well, I read nine hours of the Bible. Right. And I read Jesus calling and streams in the desert and mm-hmm. Oswald Chambers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. I don't think it's all that. I think it's reading She Reads Truth when you're at the stoplight. Yeah. That's and going right. like that speaks to me, and that's in my that's mm-hmm. my today, and yeah. and looking for him in nature, and looking for him in our friends, and in mm-hmm. food that we eat, and you know, yeah. I think I think he's way more visible, yeah, than maybe I was taught as a teenager. I mm-hmm. feel like sometimes I was taught in youth group, like he will show up every morning before you yeah. go to school yeah. if you will journal and read your Bible, and he does. Mm-hmm. But also. He showed up for me on the soccer field, mm-hmm. and he showed up for me in friendships and at youth group, and so yeah. I just would rather look for him everywhere than think I have to show up to an appointment to find him. Yeah, yeah, I love you know just all of a sudden when I came to that when he sort of you know brought me that at the farm table that day it was like you know all of a sudden. It was, I cried because it was such a relief, you know, because I was trying to compartmentalize it and fit it into this thing and and do what I thought it was supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. Um, But yet, too, there was this challenge because it was like there weren't any more excuses. Like, it's like, Mm -hmm. well, I've got little bitty babies running around, so I can't have a quiet time. So it was just this invitation, I think, from him to walk into this, everything you're saying, just to walk into this new place of like um, thinking and almost, it's that, it's how you pray without ceasing. It's like you just, you're at Radnor Lake and you have this ongoing conversation. You might start it under your breath that morning with Jesus and you just continue it throughout the day. And and, And not that we, you know, you know, we should enjoy times, yes, if you can sit down and read or do you know, Bible study, but it's, all of that's wonderful. All of it will only, you know, bless you. It's just, Mm -hmm. if you don't have 
right now in your life, like that time and space to just, Mm -hmm. I mean, for me at the time, it was like songwriting. I mean, that's what I was bawling about to her that day was like, how do you do it? Oh my goodness. Because I had all of it in me and I knew it was in there. It was was almost like it was trapped, but she was like, she's like, I write songs on the laundry room floor Mm. and I have my notebook in there and I hold up my kids' laundry and I pray for them. And, you know, so she's like mixing it all together. And it was like, okay, it just changed the way I viewed my day or, yeah. or my May. Um, right. You know, was there so a benchmark beautiful. song that came out of that? Oh, goodness. Is probably, there one that you remember? Probably entire records. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, I mean, well, I mean, the song called Wonderful yeah. that's on Into the Glorious, I wrote that on the way to Target, finished it on the way home, and I See. remember specifically there were chicken nuggets on the floorboard of my minivan. Oh, so like nasty juice boxes. I remember turning around, there was just like a Barbie head, yeah, like in the back seat. And I was like, in right. my car being dirty uh-huh. is like my whole world must might yeah. as well be dirty if right. my car is dirty. So it's like Nathan knows it's kind of one of those things. Like I feel really frazzled, but um, I in that moment, I just I chose like, okay, Jesus. I was really frazzled about a ton of things. I was like trying to leave to go on the road, and it was just that moment where I was like, wait. Okay, you're here with me. Mm-hmm. You're right here in my minivan. Yeah. I'm on my way to Target. I have a to-do list, but I just started lifting my voice to him in the car and just singing, yeah. just simply like literally singing personal praise to him, and it turned into a song called Wonderful. That's and a killer song. Isn't and that crazy? I came home from Target Chicken and I was nuggets. like, Nathan, let me play. I, like, I need to sing this for you. I wrote it on the way to and from Target. and But it's just that marker. It's like an Ebenezer, like a mm. thing of like God just saying like, I'm here. It, I'm right here. It's almost like like there's a stream sort of with, like you said, almost like stories and books and songs like in this stream. And if we're faithful to go dip in into it and like come close, like mm. you said, like come to the water. Mm. Um, he's breathing out all these themes, I think, and these things that he wants the church to be encouraged by. And it's yeah. like if we're faithful as artists and authors to like go dip into it and like come close to him, it's often it's 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 how I think even to like similar themes across mm-hmm. oceans, even like mm-hmm. how maybe a kill song or Bethel or you know, they'll come up with thematically like yes. almost the same type song and I think it's because he's breathing that in to the church for this you know I just read a friend of ours just released a book a guy and he got a one-star review and I always go and read my friend's one-star reviews because I need to know if I need to enact justice and like (laughs) respond and be like you're dead wrong right and the review said this sounds just like these other books that have just come out and listed mine as one of them just like Annie Downs is looking for lovely just like so and so da 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 and I wanted to respond to be like you understand that's not a one-star thing that is God God breathing a theme to the church. Mm -hmm. That is not, this person is not copying other people or we are not copying him. It is that when we all get in a circle, we go, what's God telling you about? Mm Because that's what my book's about too. Mm -hmm. You know, and there's a theme we can, this is a, Spoiler alert, there's a theme about to come out in in books for women about friendship. There's like 
in the in late 16 and early 17, we're going to see a lot of books about friendship. It is not because everybody's copying each other. It's because there's God is breathing something mm-hmm. new. He's raised women up in a way that has never happened before and given us voice in a way it's never happened before. Mm-hmm. And now he's putting us on each other's teams in right. ways we've never been before. Mm-hmm. And it's all to an end of his glory. Well, that same one-star jerk could say, oh, now everybody's writing about friendship or <laughs> all the songs are about hope or right. all the songs are about freedom. And it's like, you're not, he's actually not wrong. He's just reading it wrong. Right. What, yeah. what he sees as a detriment, we see as a gift yeah. of going like, I'm part of the story God's telling to the church right now. Because mm-hmm. God's telling the church right now, find glorious in the mundane. I mean, he is saying to mm-hmm. us over and over again, do the hard thing, right. be satisfied with the life you have, mm-hmm. and do not give up. And you can find that in 15 books right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm just honored to be one of them. Yeah. Right? But that's, that's good. And it's mm-hmm. good that there are songs that, I mean, in, in 2015, Bethel and Hillsong both released uh, Empires and We Will Not Be Shaken. And to me, that, is, that could almost be an, one album yeah. uh-huh. thematically. Yeah. And I wore those puppies out mm-hmm. last year while I was writing. Those were real important in the writing process as well. More is Annie getting the words ready than mm-hmm. actual while I was writing. But, but it's because the, God, God tells thematic stories. Yeah, I love that. And I love that He invites, mm-hmm. invites us to be a part of that. I love that chicken nugget story. That's so good. <laughs> so many moms need to know that like mm. they can be creating beautiful art while there's a Barbie head on the floor of the van. That's right. Right? Like they could, if they want to be a painter, <laughs> if they want to be, if they want to do beautiful photography on their Instagram, right. you know, if they want to write songs, they want to write books, like you can totally wait till your kids go to college and we will love your words then. Or... Use your phone while you're sitting at Target and give us two paragraphs and put mm-hmm. it on Instagram and yes and care care less about how many people read it and more about getting the art out yeah and the people great. will come right and so that's so I, I love that I love that idea I'm gonna call all my like crazy road ideas like <laughs> this is a Barbie head this is totally a Barbie head <laughs> I know I'm insane and my life is crazy but I'm gonna write this book right now during my Barbie head season totally well thank you so much for being with me today because I just know that um, if I wasn't out of the country when I was flying, when I finished the book, (laughs) I would have texted you right then and just told you how proud I am of you. Thank you. You're just so special and I know that God has amazing things. (laughs) And that's my driver. That's my bus driver who just ran the door. Uh, Thank you so much. Thank you. That was really sweet of you to have me, Christy, really. I I loved it. I just love it when you can be talking to someone about the most humdrum thing, and then all of a sudden, you're like waist deep in really good truth. That's Annie Downs. I love her intentionality and how fierce she is about protecting what needs protecting and releasing what needs releasing. She's just a special woman. I hope you guys enjoyed our conversation today. You can find out more about Annie Downs on AnnieFDowns.com. And of course, follow her on Instagram at Annie F. Downs, or you can go on my website, christineknuckles.com, for a link to all things Annie. And who knows, you might even could catch her on a speaking engagement out there somewhere. In fact, you can catch Annie and I on the platform together at the Lifeway Abundance events coming up this fall, along with some of your other favorite authors and speakers and the lovely Natalie Grant. 
I believe we'll be in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and also in the Dallas area. You can find all of that on my website, christyknuckles.com, under tour dates. And of course, be sure to watch Instagram and Twitter for the next podcast release. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, I would love it and so appreciate it if you would consider going over to iTunes and leaving a comment and a rating. We'd be ever grateful. Thanks again for joining me today. Y'all have a glorious day, and I'll talk to you soon.